0: every day you're always in this process you're either in the process of learning how to think positive or you're in the process of continuing to think negative
1: that's dan talking about mindfulness one of the four key areas that can improve your performance when you set goals are you focusing on the outcome or the process it's certainly easier to focus on the outcome the problem is when we put too much emphasis on the results, it's harder to stay committed to those goals when the results aren't coming fast enough. In this episode, we break down four transformative paths to help you keep your goals on track. You'll learn how to limit your distractions and optimize your energy and creativity to take your performance to the next level. I'm Kylie Schmitz.
0: I'm Dan Lapin, and this is Breaking Sales. A nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lapa 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Kylie, let's talk about 2022. It's that time of year where a certain population starts to think about goals and they start thinking about do I actually want to set goals? I tried the year before. I tried five years ago. I'm not very good at it. My follow through is not good. But then the other side, they think, but I do want to accomplish more. I am excited about 2022. I want to do better that year. Maybe I should do goals. And so maybe, you know, they spend a few minutes, an hour over coffee. They write them down, maybe a few small percentage, then checks maybe once a month. And at some point though, right? Is it February, maybe March, all goals are out the window.
1: Usually, if we even get to that point, <laughs> sometimes it ends in January.
0: Right, the notorious, I want to get in better shape. So you go to the gym January 1st and it's packed. You know, By the time January 21st rolls around, it's just back to the normal crowd that's been going there for several months or a couple of years. All the new people have gone.
1: Where do you think goals go wrong?
0: Wow. That's a pretty in-depth question. Psychologically, they go wrong with our beliefs, right? If we're trying to set a goal that we don't truly yet believe that we can attain, you know, we're going to spend most of our time subconsciously, even unconsciously in more of that self-doubt mode where our mind will drift toward, well, maybe I'm not ready for the goal, or maybe I should wait till next year, to do this goal, or maybe this goal will be more appropriate when this happens. I think they start to go wrong when we put too much focus on that outcome component versus the process component.
1: How much should the goal matter to you?
0: The goal should be very important. It should be a part of our whys. So if we have a why where we might say, I want to make in sales $500,000 a year or a million dollars a year or $250,000 a year, right? It's not the number that should matter right Kylie it's the why like so why do you want to make 250k a year why do you want to make 500 a year why do you want to make a million or more a year and then you have to think about what that why is is it you know hypothetically speaking family experiences is it preparing for your kids colleges and feeling that pride that you were able to send them because maybe you as an individual you had to pay for your own so you feel like that's a big part of your legacy sending your kids to college Maybe it's to get out of debt. Maybe it's to buy a new house. And in that house, you can imagine your family having all these cool experiences around Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? And all those fun things with family comes over. And I say that carefully because sometimes when family comes over during the holidays, it's not that fun.
1: (laughs) That might not be a goal.
0: (laughs) Right. I may have lost some of our audience (laughs) and our listeners right there and then on that one. But no, it's a great question, Kylie. It's all about the why. like, why do you want To accomplish X. And then, why is that important to you?
1: What do you want our listeners to get out of today's episode?
0: Well, you and I went about this a little different, and we're gonna share that with the listeners based on our own experiences here, right at Lapin 180. So, when we think about our goals, yes, income is important to all of us, and we have our reasons, right, Kylie, of why we wanna make that income. But what we also do here is we talk about four other categories. You know, four different paths. We talk about health, we talk about mindfulness, learning, and then do what needs to be done, take action. So, our goals aren't always just, hey, I want to sell 250K more, I want to have a million dollar book of business, or I need 10 clients and I better start prospecting and reaching out to 25 people per week. And if I do 25 people per week, it's hundred per month times four months is 400. I mean, it's much more than that. There's so many things that you can be doing that can help drive you toward whatever that ultimate goal is. And on paper, you may not think there's a direct correlation, but as we've experienced here, health, mindfulness, learning, and do what needs to be done. They always have an immediate or direct correlation with whatever your ultimate goals are for that year.
1: And one caveat that we may include here is that the four buckets that Dan just pointed out may not be the same for you.
0: They may not be, but I think Kylie's and my approach today will be to get you to think about them and hopefully maybe consider some of them because they will start to drive you toward over those ultimate goals. You know, one unit of effort does not equate to one unit of results. And that's where people start to feel dejected because they work hard on that one unit of effort to do something new because it's in line with what they want to accomplish as a goal. But when they do whatever that is that's new, and maybe it's not as successful as they'd like the first time, they don't get that unit of result that they want. Then they start questioning right away. Well, is this what I should be really doing? Because it didn't work the first time
1: that goes back to human behavior. That's neuroscience, right? We're not getting our dopamine hits, which comes from our reward center. So our brain is saying this is not worth our time.
0: Yeah, we're not getting that immediate gratification. Exactly. Right? You make 10 phone calls because your pipeline is low and you talk to four people and you set two appointments, you're going to get immediate gratification. Quite frankly, that's one hell of a an hour spent to get that kind of result versus what the reality is though, right? You might need to reach out to a hundred prospects to get two or three to engage, and you might set one or two of those appointments. That's a lot of effort. Those are a lot of units invested to get maybe one, two units of results.
1: So really... What we always try to focus on is the process, because we know the process will eventually get you the results that you're looking for.
0: You have to stick to it. and Like we always talk about, transformation, it's not a destination. It's not an event. It's a continuum. It's a journey. So looking at 2022 is every week, every month, it's part of the continuum. It's part of the journey. So why don't we get into the first one?
1: So the first path here is health. Talk to me about that one, Dan.
0: We've done a lot of this and, you know, here on our team, and this has helped all of us with our energy, our cognitive focus, our ability to put in. So this is about creating an optimal level of performance for yourself and we call it health. So I'll read through them and we can kind of go through, you know, uh, a few of them. You know, the first one is work out three times a week. You don't have to work out every single day. Work out three times a week, just start there. Maybe one is a run, another's yoga. Maybe you do stretching, maybe a hit class or some weights. But just try to get into a groove of maybe just three times a week. You don't have to come out of the gate and be Lance Armstrong or Greg Lamond or some like you know incredible you know endurance athlete.
1: Well, and even if three times a week seems like a lot take a baby step, go for a walk once a week. Maybe you have to start there because the worst feeling is failure. And if you're not setting realistic goals, you know why would you go from zero to three when zero is happening right now? So maybe, maybe it's one.
0: Could be, just stick to the one and build from there. Completely agree, but at least you're moving. You're moving in that new direction. Change your routine, no matter how small, you'll start to change the circumstances and situations that you experience around you by just changing one routine, adding one routine. I'm going to get into a little bit of a different one here that I know we've all found very helpful and incredibly important. And for our listeners, it's going to seem odd, but very powerful. The food you put in your body drives your sleep, drives your REM, drives your deep sleep which drives your recovery, your energy, your ability to perform at a high cognitive level, your ability to be creative in your business. Food is a performance inhibitor or additive. Get your blood tested. Find out what foods really drive your body and eat those foods. We talk about all the time, Kylie, eat them Sunday through Friday. Come Friday, Saturday though. All right. Eat what you want. Enjoy that cheeseburger you know, enjoy the steak. And same with alcohol, right? We talk about this, limit your alcohol, right? Monday through maybe Thursday night through Friday, Sunday through Friday, make it a non-negotiable. You can get nine hours of sleep as we've seen on our whoops, Kylie, right? Yes. Oh, yes. And if you've drank alcohol that day, It doesn't matter about that nine hours because it has an immediate impact on your REM, which is what your body uses to recover both cognitively and physically. And if you reduce the REM, you're not ready to go the next day. Even if you got nine hours of sleep, it doesn't matter. It's the REM that matters. And your body's trying to recover from the alcohol, so it's never rested.
1: And I recently gave up drinking alcohol. It's been about four months since I've drank. And... One thing I have noticed is like I really can't get a bad night's sleep now. My body's not working hard to process toxins, and I have really good night's sleep for the most part. Every once in a while, maybe I'll have a bad night's sleep where I'm restless because I'm worried about stuff the next day. But for the most part, my energy levels are much higher, more stable, less fluctuation, no volatility in my moods, and my my effort and energy for the day.
0: So we're not Ronaldo, the famous soccer player, Tom Brady, the famous quarterback, or-
1: LeBron James. LeBron
0: James, the basketball player. They all spend well-documented into seven figures a year on their food, on their intake, on their health, optimal physical performance. It's not that much different mentally. You and I talk about it all the time. Your brain's a muscle. So we're big fans of do something that measures your body's recovery process, so you can start figuring out as a potential high performer in sales what's going to work for you.
1: Yeah, and the data really helps. It puts a little bit more concrete information behind some of the gut feelings that you may be feeling throughout the day. You know, you feel like, oh man, I just don't have energy today. Well, it's because you didn't recover so you really shouldn't push your body today. Maybe you should take a rest day.
0: You know, it's funny, I'll share this with the listeners too, and you already know this. You know, because of the whoop, I'm very focused on limiting the alcohol, and I'm also very focused on the food I eat now, and I'm I'm in bed by nine fifteen, nine thirty, nine forty five, and I read, because what I've noticed is if I get to bed early like that and I read for a half an hour and there's no TV, there's no phone, there's no nothing, my REM doubles, my recovery doubles. And that's the cool thing about these new devices now is that we can tell what works for our body and our mind as individuals. Well,
1: and going back to the neuroscience behind what's going on, the structured sleep schedule is really, really good for you in increasing your serotonin levels. Serotonin is the happy neurochemical that, Makes you happy over a long period of time. So if you go to bed at the same time and you wake up at the same time consistently, you are more happy.
0: So Kylie and I are not promoting everybody become a robot and stop enjoying life. That's not what this is. It's more about integrating some very strong, healthy habits, but also allowing yourself those days, those moments, those meals, whatever it might be, where you let go and you enjoy what you want to enjoy. Let's go on to the next one, Kylie.
1: Mindfulness. Tell us about this one, Dan.
0: So mindfulness, as you know, we're big proponents of. I mean, if you want to be a top performer in anything, it's going to start with your mindset. It's going to start with your self-talk, your inner dialogue, whatever you want to call it. If you can't think it in your brain, it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle and it's okay to struggle. Our brains wander. Our brains drift. our, Our thoughts drift all the time. As we know, 85% of our thoughts are negative. 95% of those 85% are reoccurring negative themes. We have 40,000, 50,000 thoughts every single day. There's some human nature component to this negative thought process. However, we have a choice because you can only have one thought at a time. So let's make it positive. So from a mindfulness standpoint, and Kylie, these are some things that you and I have talked about and you and I do start an abundance journal. Every day, either morning or night, one time, right out for five minutes only. Can you imagine that, Kylie? If you could just really take five minutes and just write a list of things that you're grateful for that happened that day or the day before. That's all you got to do. Somebody bought me a coffee. Somebody smiled. I got a return email. The person said no, they don't want to meet, but they were kind about it and empathetic about it. Anything, just write down anything five minutes. That's all you got to do.
1: Again, from a neurological perspective, what's happening is you're not focusing on what you don't have. You're focusing on what you do have and practicing gratitude, which helps you tap into
0: that abundance. So another one, use breathing exercises. This is your two, your three, maybe your four to five minute segment each day where you just sit and you just focus on the breath in the breath out. That's it. It's not meditation. You don't have to think of a mantra. You don't have to focus for 15, 20 minutes. Just do some breathing exercise. You know, we know this, right? It could, you could do it for four, four breaths in, four breaths out, and that's still breathing exercise.
1: I've actually read that even a sigh can reset your brain. So at a minimum, just let out a sigh in the middle of a busy day and give yourself a little bit of a mental break.
0: As a sales professional out there, Think about the stress you feel and that you put on yourself. But what if two breaths deep in, deep out, or a sigh could release the stress and reset your brain to a less stressful state? Why wouldn't you do something like that?
1: There are apps that help with this, Calm, Headspace, couple of them that we've tried internally.
0: Another one, go for a walk in nature. Take a walk outside, 10 to 15 minutes, Even if it's only five minutes, get outside, go for a walk. You know, one of my favorite ones right now, Kylie, is this next one. Eliminate cognitive distractions during the week.
1: Oh boy, we could spend episodes on this.
0: (laughs) This would be a fantastic one for any one of us to start. You can start simply with social media, email, and news. I personally have wiped out social media except for LinkedIn, and I'm only on it when we post. I get on my email now twice during the day. I try to stay off, absolutely, because it's an absolute cognitive distraction. And I do not listen or watch or read the news except for on the weekends. I want to make sure that from a mindset standpoint, my best energy can go toward creating, writing, coaching, whatever it might be.
1: I think we all need to just take a pause and do some inventory on the number of notifications that we're getting in a day. When I'm on Zoom, I close out my email, I close out my calendar, I close out every other window that I I have on my computer so that nothing's popping up during my sessions. And then the other thing that I've recently done, my phone has a do not disturb function where you can actually turn off notifications during a set time frame. So my bedtime on weekdays is 10 p.m., So from 10 p.m. until 7 a.m., wake up at 5 a.m., so I want two hours of no notifications. I have my phone set to do not disturb, so I'm not getting notifications during my disconnect time.
0: So some of our listeners might say, well, Kylie, Dan, I have to listen to the news because I have to listen to the financials of what's happening on a day-to-day basis so I can better consult and advise my clients. I get that. But what you want to do then is limit the news look at it this way, right? When something's happening like a few months ago in Afghanistan and we were pulling out of Afghanistan, if you watched and read the news, that's a cognitive drain because you're going to have an opinion of it. Your opinion could be about time. Your opinion could be, how can we do it that way? Your opinion can be somewhere in between, but it's going to build some kind of reaction and passion from you. And when that happens, that is an absolute drain on your energy, on your focus, on your creativity, on where else you could be spending it to advance your business or advance your client's business.
1: And Dan, you were the one that told me when we look at our phones in the morning or right before bed, we're letting somebody else dictate our energy either right before we go to sleep and we dream or Right when we wake up and we're setting our mood for the day. So wouldn't you rather take control of your energy yourself than leave it into the hands of somebody else?
0: It's a great point. So let's go to the third one, Kylie.
1: This one is learning.
0: I think sometimes the first place a high performer cuts is the learning. They feel like they don't have time to read anymore. They don't have time to evolve themselves, invest in themselves. It's the easiest place to cut something out. Because learning means we have to challenge our status quo. Read a book. I put down, right, month or quarter. Start simple, though. If you don't read, here's an easy starting point. Choose a book and just commit to one page a night. That's all you have to do. And stay consistent with it. One page a night. See if you can get to 30 30 nights. Then see if you can get to 60. My gut is by the time you get to 66, you probably have created a new habit. Hire a coach, you know, life coach, wellness coach, business coach. Start some online courses. There's lots of free online courses out there. Start investing a half an hour a day, 15 minutes a day, or a night into the most important asset that you have, which is you.
1: Our fourth bucket, Dan, do what needs to be done. What do we do there? <laughs>
0: first thing you do if you have to ask yourself, what is it you'd like to improve? You can do it from a personal standpoint or a business standpoint. Pick something from a skill set that you want to improve. Is it asking better questions? Is it becoming a better listener? Is it prospecting more consistently? Is it getting better at your public speaking? Is it getting better at blogging and posting, networking, creating COIs? All right, the list goes on. Pick an area, That you know you've needed to improve and you haven't improved it. Now, I want you to take that skill and ask yourself how long have you been procrastinating on improving this area? How long have you been procrastinating on taking this action? Write it down. The next thing you do is write out what happens in the next six to 12 months if you do the work to improve it. What's the impact on your business? Last question write out the opposite. I want you to write out what happens in your business if you choose not to improve that skill. That's what I call doing what you know needs to be done, and no one should have to dictate that to you. You know what you need to do. You know the area you need to improve, and you know why. Write it out, answer the questions, and then you have to make your decision. So lastly, let's get to priming examples. Priming your mindset is about creating a positive thought track. It's not lying to yourself. It's not trying to convince yourself of something that you're not. It's a process. Every day, you're always in this process. You're either in the process of learning how to think positive, or you're in the process of continuing to think negative. Priming is coming up with your own game plan on how you're going to think.
1: Dan, before you jump into some examples of this, when do you suggest we prime our mindset?
0: Anytime that we feel hesitation, anxiousness, disappointment, frustration, anger, or the weight of some negative feeling, we should have a way to prime ourselves and shift ourselves back more into a positive mindset. So like, for instance, if I'm on a call with a prospect, and it's the president of a company, and I can sense that they're not being very engaging, they're not putting a lot of effort into my questions, I'll remind myself this moment doesn't define me. Their answers have nothing to do with me, and I owe this person the gift of high intent, which is I need to ask all the questions I need to ask to help them decide is the situation that they're in or the environment that they're in worth improving or solving Or not. I don't own any of the answers. That's an example of what I'll do to prime my mindset so that I'm empowered to ask the tougher questions to see if we can get to the truth. Now, you can use priming the mindset on prospecting too, right? Most sales professionals will get into the rut and they'll say, I have to make these calls. I need to fill my pipeline. I have to get some prospects moving. I have to hit my number. Priming your mindset is more of I get to, I'm excited to.
1: And one other thing that I think you can remember before cold calling specifically is, I'm excited to figure out if I can help this person. So you stay high intent and you also are curious.
0: As long as your excitement doesn't overpower their feelings and emotion, you can be excited about, I feel really good about asking this person every question I need to ask so I can help them determine is this something worth their time or not. I agree with you. That's excitement because now you're doing that real gift of helping someone get clarity on what should they do and why. This is so important for 2022 that I hope as listeners, you know, you spend the time and you start thinking about your mindset and where do you feel anxious? Where do you feel hesitation, frustration, and disappointment and trying to create a mindful self-talk and self-track of priming your mindset to think more toward the positive and away from the negative.
1: Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you wanna get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's lappin one 8 And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?